You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 175. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Aaron Boomer is the Vice President of Sales Operations and Enablement at NTT Limited, a leading global technology services company enabling a connected future. NTT comes together to make the world a better place and uses the power of technology to make it happen. They employ curious people who are ready to change the world. Through the work they do with their clients and in communities, they find ways that technology can make a positive impact, calling it technology for good. Erin began her career as a sales coordinator and has moved through many promotions, including an account coordinator, account manager, director of quality and compliance, and now vice president of sales operations and enablement. And she lives in Detroit, Michigan with her husband, Tom, and their very spoiled dog, Oliver. Erin also happens to be my sister-in-law. Erin, I know you're dying to do this podcast, so talk to us about why you got into technology and why you have stayed there for like over 10 years now. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got into technology. I hate to say it almost accidentally was not necessarily intentional, but obviously it worked out since it's, it's 10 years later. I was in an account management role for many years um, in a totally unrelated industry, but a user of tech because CRM tools are, are how we did our life at that time. I was ready to change and kind of do more. And really what happened was my husband bless his heart, gave my resume to a friend. And I didn't know that. It was more to look at my resume and kind of help me build it. Little did I know he gave my resume then to his company. And that's how my life in tech actually started. Like many people, I I was not tacky. I was not in tech at the time, but on a whim, I took the interview for um, a company called Secure24, which was the startup in the Detroit area, a managed service provider for a role that I wasn't really sure if I was qualified for or ready for, but I thought I need to put myself out there. I need to, to practice and get ready, even on an interviewing perspective. And so why not take myself out of my complete element in a people-facing role to to a technical role, which at that time was an escalation coordinator, interviewed and was offered a job a few hours later. (laughs) Once I started there, the position that I was hired in for was actually eliminated. And I was moved into the account management role, which is where I thought I would be. So the people-facing side of of tech uh, within the first few weeks of me being there. Um, Mm -hmm. I've worked like like you just mentioned in, in many positions since and worked my way up in the company as I've learned it. And I've really stayed in tech for two reasons. It's always exciting. There's always something new. It's forever changing. And for someone like me who can't really sit still for any amount of time, it was perfect. I loved working for a startup. We have since changed. I'm now with you know, NTT acquired Secure24. And besides that, besides the fact that it's fast paced in an environment and the startup environment is just awesome to be a part of because you really see how a company comes together as a business, but also how things change and evolve and, and move. A lot of it was the people. I absolutely loved the people and environment that I that I worked in. And the work-life balance worked for my family and for myself. And it was just always a good fit. And obviously I've 
worked through different opportunities through that time. I've had ever-changing roles. I've been on many sides of the business um, for a tech company and and I'm still there. And now I work as one of hundreds of thousands of employees in a global organization. It's a totally different environment, but it's just the same. It's the challenge every day. It's interesting every day and it's fun. Love it. And that's so funny because my next question is like, what type of work do you do at NTT and why is that interesting to you? And I'm thinking about this, like in terms of, I mean, because you've been in account management and you've been in quality assurance and you've been at like, you've had all these different roles. So feel free to touch on your new role or, or any of the previous roles, but, you know, tell us a little bit about the work that you do. This is really important to the listeners. I think this is one of the big things is like, they don't always know the variety of opportunities that are available. And so like, you're great. You can give you a great example of that. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, just to kind of reiterate what you just said, Ellen, the variety of career paths you can take in tech alone is so much more than, can be so much more than hands-on keyboard. I mean, you can be everything, you know, from coding and and engineering type work to to non-technical side of it, to which you gain technical knowledge and you grow. I'm the perfect example of that. So in an account management type role, we were in a a liaison between the company that we've sold our services to and, and to the company. So kind of that middleman, it grew from a concierge type role to a a business planning and growth forecasting role. So what else can we do for for that customer? How do we keep them happy and expand our portfolio services within their business? From there, I moved into another technical, non-technical role, which was quality and compliance. So I went from knowing what does the customer want to a role of why do we do what we have to do based on the rules and regulations that our customers have to follow, that we have to follow as a business? Audits are very heavy in tech where you we went through certifications for ISO 27001 and a lot of other security-related and business-related certifications. So I was on that team kind of helping get that stuff in order. So I'm going to the technical experts to ensure that we're following processes and policies to keep our company and our customer safe at the end of the day. And we're doing what we say we're doing. We have a third party come in to prove that we're doing things the way that we say we're doing and we promise to deliver. So that was my first four years. And then my second five years. And then the past two years, I was part of an amazing opportunity as we grew within NTT, the greater company that acquired us, where I served in business operations for about a year and a half. And really what that was, was a chief of staff type role reporting to our, our COO at the time. So I did that for about two years. And that really is a challenging role and is very is, is really a hot role in tech right now too, in which I was kind of, there's so many plates that are spinning in the air in any <laughs> business, especially in tech as things are changing to really keep those plates spinning. They needed a person that they can kind of rely on while they make business decisions to ensure that these projects and programs are moving forward. So I was, yeah, it was um, the VP of business operations for the past year and a half. And then just a few weeks ago, I took on my next move, which is now the one piece that's really been missing from my portfolio of, of experience, and that is into sales operations and enablement. So there's going to be a lot of tracking and forecasting of our sales pipeline to see how we're performing in the industry and as a business, but also a lot of those Anything in sales besides actual selling, right? So that's knowing our portfolio of services, which in a a tech company, right? You have to have that. So 
I think what's important is you may not feel like you're technical or you may not want to be the, I, I say hands-on keyboard, you know, if even if you're not coding, you're still contributing, you're still a part of moving your company forward and you become aware of the tech talk and you establish those relationships of even though you may not be the subject matter expert, you're establishing those relationships with those SMEs and you gain an incredible amount of knowledge. I mean, I've been here for 10 years and there's still days where I surprise myself with what I know and in the <laughs> knowledge that I've acquired. And, you know, you kind of do want to wait, did that just come from me? So you really are tacky. Even when you don't think you are, you can't downplay the value add that you bring in. There's just so many choices in the industry that you can do. And whether you're in a tech company itself or you're working in, in another business operation, there's always tech that's needed. You need systems administrators. You need people mm-hmm. to talk the talk and walk the walk. And I think if anything, in something When I've doubted myself professionally, especially in the past 10 years of thinking I wasn't technical, having the the people skills is so much more important and so much easier to teach technical skills than it is to teach people skills. So we can all we can all learn technical skills, but it's not always easy and there's not always people cut out for that. So that people skill, tech skill world, if you have both, you're unstoppable and you can do whatever you want. I love that. Okay. You told us a little bit about how you got started in TT, which I don't know that you know this, but I teach this all the time to like leverage your existing network. So it's just great. And I just, I want to point out that like your husband's a teacher. So it's not even that he was like in technology. And this is one of the big things I preach is that you don't know who's going to be able to help you. It's not always someone like it's just random, but it's also about putting yourself out there and, and telling the people in your life. And then how they can advocate for you. So that, I love that piece about it. What is your team like? And what's it like working with your team and go into a little bit more detail about the people dynamics within your organization and your, your direct purview? The team dynamic is, is it, I think it's important in, in many different facets. My personal team, now I am on a new team, so it's hard to say, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit in the past because my current team is actually still being developed and it's a newer part of the organization that's kind of being redeveloped. So I'm actually in the process of building a team in an organization, which is super exciting in itself and in totally different personalities than even the past 10 years, because as you know, you know, sales and operations are, are, are extremely different, but they depend on each other. I have worked in teams of very, very technical people for the past 10 years up into the leadership and senior leadership team role. I think what I've learned the most in that is it's great to build a team and be surrounded by like-minded people, but sometimes we always focus too much on, I think, what's close to us and and how we're comfortable um, than Finding the skills of things that are more complementary. You're good at certain things and I'm good at certain things. And then together we make the perfect team. And that's something that I, I've been, a, I'm being a part, a part of right now and, and seeing that and making sure I'm very mindful as I build my team and build this organization that, you know, I know where my strengths are and I know where their strengths are and how do we kind of come together and play off of each other's strengths and also likes and dislikes. I'm a big believer in, you know, you need to do something that you are proud of. 
and that you're passionate about and that you truly believe in whatever, whatever that may be. And so in with the technical resources that I've worked with and the leaders that I've worked with over the past years, we've really honed in on what our strengths are and what we can contribute, but also by being mindful and, and respectful. It's just an added bonus that I've been fortunate for the past 10 years just to work with really great human beings on top of it. We are goal-oriented individuals who want to strive for good. At the end of the day, we all want good. We all, yes, we want to bring in profitability. We want to bring in more revenue rather. But um, I have been just fortunate to be, be around people who I've learned from. By all means, boy, have I learned more than I ever wanted to know, I think it many, <laughs> many times. I've surrounded myself with people that I can learn from and that I can grow with and grow from. And then I've been able to contribute to them to think of, I love my best conversations with my teammates are, are the ones that come out where, you know what, I'd never thought of it that way, or we could do it that way, or they have this skill set that can help me solve this problem. So I think working together in a team environment, especially in tech, because you're solving very complex problems and usually a very quick amount of, of time is having the right people around and giving each other the freedom to not only make mistakes, but to contribute. You have to give grace. And my teams have been that way again. And I think that goes back to that first question on why am I still here? I, I have been surrounded and been a part of amazing teams. That's awesome. I love it. And maybe you can touch on, I remember this one time that someone sent for your birthday said they sent like this ridiculous popcorn. I mean, it was like over the top, like popcorn package, right? It was like chocolate. So I, I say that because, you know, you're sitting here, there's, I know there's a lot of remote work at your company, you know, sometimes connecting on the personal level can be tricky. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're moving fast and solving her problems and mistakes are part of it. And so how do you feel like in terms of like, fun or personal connections? How do you feel your team does? Can you talk to that aspect at all about fun or personal connection networking? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we all know, the past, what, three years, we've all had to, you know, fun has been a bit different than what we're used to. <laughs> Let me preface it by saying my company is 100% remote. We have the freedom and flexibility to go into an wow. office. If there is a local one, if we want, the option is there. We're not forced to go in. We're not forced to stay home. It's just a wonderful thing to have that opportunity. That said, though, most people choose the work from home option. Our, our offices are quiet when we go in. So fun at first, at first fun at the beginning. You know, I hate to go back into COVID times, but I come from a company that had a very work hard, play hard culture, right? We were going to sporting events. We would have elaborate, awesome Christmas parties. We would have happy hours and lunches and all of that fun stuff where we were together. We wanted to hang out together. We liked each other. As we came back, or I'm sorry, as we came home at that time in my life, I was a leader. I was a leader. I had a team below me and with me and things like that, where I can't brag enough about, I'm totally honored to have been a part of a former team that, that I was on that I still keep in touch with this day. And we, we would do virtual happy hours. We had a little cocktail <laughs> club where we would pick a recipe for a cocktail. We'd all make it. And then we just let loose and, and, and talk and laugh. But Yes. So birthdays were a big deal with that team. And that's where that came in. Perfect example. I just had a big birthday with a zero at the end of it. And that team, you know, sent me a huge 
gift of all things that we're also turning that age <laughs> this year as well. So I found out a lot of things that I use in my everyday also turned 40. <laughs> You know, but we still make time to to get together. In fact, I was to go to lunch with them today. We were going to go to lunch and, and I had to unfortunately back out. But um, a former coworker from a few teams ago is is retiring in in tonight. I'm going to a local bar axe throwing place that oh, they nice. set up for drinks and fun with that team. So we still have fun and we get together. Now it's a bit different on a global perspective. I work for a global company now and and most of my team and my new team. So I'm fast forwarding now to today's Aaron, I'm in a role that will cover not only the US, but I will have a team in South Africa and I have a team that will be in Europe and I have a team that will be in Asia Pacific. Obviously, you know, we can't just go and have lunch and and whatever. So building that relationship outside of just talking about the task at hand is important, right? You have to learn how to establish a different level of trust. And by doing that, you have to Mm -hmm. see the human side and be respectful of that. I think establishing the human side of your team is just so important. And at the end of the day, it leads to even more successful outcome in the workplace because it's, it's comfortable and it's familiar. Right. And people feel supportive. All right. So I I just want to touch on a, a couple of advice questions because I often run into people, although they usually run away from me when they hear what I do, but I often run into people who are like, I'm more of a people person. I'm not sure like I'm cut out for tech. So what would you say to that woman? Love that question so much because I can tell you, you can have both and you can do both. And there's people facing, if you rather be engaging with people, I mean, yes, you're always going to engage with your team and things, but as we know in tech too, there are sometimes, you know, you have a bigger, I would say array of personalities in tech than you may working as a bank teller or, you know, at a store, you know, you have You have very, very, very smart and educated individuals that you're working with that may not always want to acknowledge or be a part of the people side of the business, but the people side in tech is something that is needed and is actually so much more difficult to find. There are customer facing roles and there are counting type roles and there there are other non-technical sides of tech that, that still are important and that people side is imperative. At the end of the day, you're going to work for a company that needs to make money, right? They need people to sell those things. They need people to interact with the customers. They need people to interact with the recruiting and hiring and and things like that, in which there are roles in tech on the business side as well, where you still have to have that technical knowledge and, and, and forefront, but you still have different options. So the people side of tech is just as important as the non-people side of tech. And it's a choice that that you can make, which is awesome. And it's something that is so needed. Yeah. So similar, but but a little bit different. So one of like the new favorite topics on the Your Psyche podcast is just talking about money and women earning money. What advice would you give to a woman who maybe She wants to earn more and she's not sure exactly how to do that. It's so important, especially in, yes, it's more as women for whatever reason. And there's some studies that show, and I've been a part of conferences and other things, for whatever reason, women are not exposed to the financial 
side of business and for whatever reason. I went to a great seminar on it. I, I serve as an advisory board member for the Michigan Council of Women in Technology. And so I've gone through some trainings and things like that. The biggest, most important thing is to understand your roles and responsibility and to, to know kind of know your worth regardless of your gender, but you have to advocate for yourself. You have those touch points with at least most people with their direct line managers or whatever that case may be where you're reviewing that, you know, to know what your salary band should be based on studies and to make sure that you're in line with that. If you feel that you are not, you need to have those that question and you have to have the open dialogue, which is why relationship is I think, important with your management to know how do you then get to that number or that salary requirement, right? You feel that you are not paid equally or where you should be. You know, you do need to have awareness. You need to do your homework because yes, I should be making a million dollars at all times because I think I'm worth it. But, you know, know, make sure that with the role that I am doing, what what really is a realistic salary band Do I fit into that? And how do I get more? Put checkpoints in with your management. Ask for more responsibility in what can get you to that next level financially. And and then make sure you follow up with that, right? Keep evidence of what you do and how you contribute and where you're doing more. Make sure that you are meeting those guidelines or, or the criteria that you've agreed to with your manager on how to elevate your salary, but also your career. You know, you should always be thinking about what's next. How do I do more? Where am I happy and fulfilled? How do you get to that? And if that is more money or in a leadership role or wherever you may want to be, you should always be planning ahead and working towards those goals. Set your goals, achieve your goals, and make sure that that is is part of what's at the end. And and those touch points with your direct line manager and whoever else are those decision makers is imperative to that. You have to advocate for yourself regardless. What you're really saying is like, spend time thinking about you and your career and your job. I know a lot of the women that are are in our program and that go to tech and that I come come across, like, they give so much. So like, I'm just working so hard. I'm working so hard. And like, they don't take the time to say, okay, what are my roles and responsibilities? That's the first thing you said, right? Is this my role and response? Not that you say, oh, I'm not going to do that, but understand where you're going above and beyond and do your research. So you know where you fit in. And then you even said like, ask for more money, right? Advocate for yourself. Don't think someone's going to be like, oh, you're doing a great job. Let me just keep you right. So there are environments like that, but I think it's, silly to think that's going to be the way for your whole career. There's so many men that I've worked with and been married to who are happy to advocate for themselves. And oftentimes I think it's, we almost like feel bad about doing yeah. that. As women, I think, you know, we're, we tend to be more empathetic in nature and many of us are, are non-confrontational. And for whatever reason, there's a stigma that money is confrontational. And right. it isn't necessarily the case, but if anything, it's not very often that somebody is going to say, here's 10 grand because you rock, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I also think something too, which makes it easier is, especially when starting a new role, is putting that out up front, you know, the salary requirements and in different times call for different measures. So it's not, it's not necessarily always the case, but at times we need a job or, or whatever, but to make right. sure you are very well aware of what that is. Cause a lot of times on online, you're looking at a job posting and it'll give you a salary range and that salary range is 
there's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar difference from one point <laughs> to another. Yes. Right? It's to be aware of, of really what the job that you are considering, what that role is, that level of of seniority that you will come in with, or whatever the proper term is, that you are aware up front and that negotiation has happened because it's much, much easier to ask at the beginning than it is when you realize five years from now, oh, wait, mm-hmm. I, those incremental raises are, as a manager, it's easier for me to give you an incremental raise than a giant one to yeah. chew you up. You should be starting where you belong at the very beginning. Fantastic advice. I love it. And I love you give your management perspective because that's really helpful too. So let me wrap it up with this last question. What advice would you give to a woman who's considering a career in tech? Right now, she's listening, she's out there, and she really maybe has never been in tech before. What advice do you have for her? Put more confidence in yourself than you even think that you have. If you have an interest in tech, that means there's something in in you that's driving you to the area. Don't be afraid, right? When you're looking at a job description or something as simple as that, you always say, oh, I'm not qualified for that. I can't do that. But if you can do a majority of what's on there, you're more than qualified. And to take the leap and to take the jump and what's the worst that can happen, right? I mean, and truly, I think as a woman, you are more than qualified for a tech role. You are needed. Tech needs more women, period, end of the story. Diversity, equity, and inclusion in tech is not as good as it is in other industries that you (laughs) add more value than you know by being a woman in tech. And now is the absolute time to really put yourself out there and make that jump. And you can start in any area that that you find interesting. It doesn't necessarily, and you can always move. That's the cool thing about tech too, is once you're in there and you could be in whatever role, they are willing to train you and teach you whatever. And you can go from being a systems administrator to a security lead of, of some sorts, depending on, you know, what things that your company has. And that's what's awesome is you're not married in tech. You're not married to one thing for the rest of your life. You can be, if that is your choice, but you don't have to. There's so much once you get in. So make that jump, give it a try, and you'll find your niche. It happens and tech needs you. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.